everybody. So this is so exciting. This is the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are here for our second episode of Chesapeake Chats. We're talking all things Chesapeake Shores. We are here to talk about the second episode of season three, The Way We Were, it's called. And I'm Rachel, and uh, we have Lisa is here to talk about it. Hi. Hello. And Casey is here. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining us to talk about this episode. So let's dive in. Uh, we we both we all really liked the premiere. Uh, what did you think of this of this episode, Lisa? Overall, um, overall it was it was kind of slow. Um, <laughs> slower than the first one. I think I was just really excited to see everybody back. This one yeah. was kind of like okay, that's a little bit of a transition. Like let's start building the foundation to what's going to come up next. But I enjoyed it. I still yeah. had fun. Uh, yeah. Casey, what did you think? Yeah, it did seem a little slower this time, um, but I noticed there are a lot of hidden, like, messages, it seemed like, to me. So I feel like this is the foundation for the craziness that's about to ensue, that I'm predicting is going to ensue. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I thought this episode was kind of odd. Like, I, 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 I it's fine. Like, it's probably just a filler episode and it all kind of makes sense, but I thought particularly where they went with mixed character was surprising and didn't quite make sense to me. And, uh, and I don't know, just some of the drama I just thought was, I don't know, it was just a strange episode to me. So anyway, we will dive into it and talk about it. So the first thing I had to die laughing is <laughs> how they managed to make Vancouver Island, uh, <laughs> Connecticut and Baltimore. Connecticut. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and I used to live in Connecticut. Actually, I think that little town that there was, it was, I grew up near there, and I was like, this is not. <laughs> yeah, because like, I live there not. now. Like, I'm here currently, and I'm like, what part of Connecticut is this? Weird. I haven't seen every part of Connecticut, but I'm like, hmm. <laughs> well, like, and I guess it would have been fine if it didn't look exactly the same. It's like <laughs> everything else in the whole show. <laughs> it was so funny to me uh it looked exactly and then like when they p just like literally all they do is just put up typeface with like a drop shadow that like baltimore and it looks <laughs> like baltimore which just made me laugh i thought it was hilarious uh <laughs> but anyway so yeah so we find out that mick has gotten the boat and he's like super chill in this episode like i don't know i found it i thought it was just sort of strange we're going to talk about uh what's going on with his character uh, as far as connor goes but like he's just like working on the boat and like happy as a clam to work on this boat i yeah. as i was writing down i was like men and their projects <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah so <laughs> i thought um what's his name o'malley was gonna pop out of the boat or something opportunity i was really looking forward to something climactic with this boat and all of a sudden it was just like oh we got a boat got inherited a boat yeah well and i mean i guess we just dive into this because it's just sort of scattered throughout the episode but like so thomas comes up to him and says uh so you're gonna honor the original agreement and he's like yeah it took some talking to to douglas 
but he came around and it's like then where's this con there's like no conflict like what is connor upset about like there's no conflict like his dad literally solved all the problems and he's just mad because he embarrassed him for like five seconds i I don't understand right Um, go ahead like i Uh, thought this was going to be like a huge conflict throughout the course of the thing but like he literally there is no conflict yeah well what made me laugh is when thomas says i think thomas says to mick so you want to talk about the trust (laughs) and the other one says no not really and i was like yeah neither do the rest of us (laughs) (laughs) i hear you guys i see what you did there writers what you did there (laughs) yeah that was really funny i wrote that down too you're like um i don't know and we had just said oh well the trust is finally getting interesting but uh i i don't know i just thought that was such a weird choice because it's like there's supposed to be conflict and you just literally took out all the conflict yeah well we're done i was like what like what is connor upset about like, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I was hoping it was going to set it up for, like, a larger, you know, kind of issue with them and maybe show how their relationship changes and grows as they, as Connor gets established in his profession. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of gone. And then we get, like, a throwaway line of, so I guess Connor's um, staying with Jess. Yeah. Okay. Great. That was it. And I was like... <laughs> Well, we got, we learned more about the boat than we do about (laughs) the mysterious boat with some random letter that says, remember the good things in life, which I'm like, like what? (laughs) Remember the good toilet paper? Like, what are we talking about here? What's good? What what are, what's happening here? But okay. Remember the good things in life by spending hours working on some days, working on some, some boat. And ignoring the rest of your family. Remember the good things in life. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it was so weird. And I, I don't know, it's just as a writing choice, I was, I just can't figure it out. Like, I've been thinking, I even watched it a second time. I'm like, <laughs> why did they do that? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, did they, so it was very obvious, a lot of us did not like the Lane Trust thing. And they obviously heard that through social media. And I know people, specifically like the Hardys, um, make a big stink about when plot lines and people go down a black hole. So I wonder if this was kind of like, okay, we already opened this can of worms. Let's tie it up really fast and shove it under the carpet. Like maybe that's why they did it the way they did. It's just so that we can, they can appease the fans and then move on and hope that we'll all forget about the land trust and that it ever happened. (laughs) It just makes Connor's behavior nonsensical right like like what is he upset about like i don't understand his pride i guess (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean come on woo uh so anyway they like and honestly if thomas is okay with this like then then connor should be too and thomas is saying to him like oh you got to sit down and have a clear the air with connor and I just don't understand what there is to clear. If like literally he made everything fine. <laughs> There's no difference. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just pride, I guess is the only thing, but that seems like such a weak conflict when you had like, so that just makes Connor look super petty 
as opposed to like maybe some actual conflict that they could have had. And it's very weird. Yeah. But or some or some growth. Like, hey, my first job out of college and I screwed up and it is what it is and I'm gonna keep going. I mean, you know. yeah. I mean, and he's kind of thinking, I think Mick's thinking, like, okay, good. He moved out. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go, Connor. Like, like one down, five hundred more to go <laughs> out of my house. <laughs> like Mick. I felt like they were kind of trying to paint him as like an antagonist sort of, but everything he did was like, I thought smart and like, good job, Mick. You're the, you're like using, you're, you're smart. Like, good job. Like, you're making sense. Uh, so I don't know. It's a very interesting situation. Uh, and if anybody were to get mad, it should be Thomas. Like it should be right. Thomas, but he was so cool with his brother for the most part um at least with the trust like well it was what it is but even he couldn't really get mad because literally everything's been worked out right <laughs> so what's he mad about i don't know i'm so confused it's so odd to me but anyway and so yeah that was strange and i will talk a little bit more about the other sort of conflict that mick was in this episode but both of them, I was just like, okay, he's making a lot of sense here, people. Like, listen to Mick. He's smart. Um, so, okay, we have this other conflict that starts with uh, Donovan and Trace. And Donovan says, uh, uh, you know, I've got this gig. Uh, and uh, and it's, <laughs> it's going to take him, it's going to take Trace 48 hours to go and play in this gig with this big star donovan and i don't understand like this is why this episode was frustrating for me i guess because i was like trace is being nonsensical like of course you should take the gig like it's literally 48 hours like what yeah am i crazy but you know what would happen if he would have done it it would have been like trace you're only here for three weeks and now i have to sacrifice two days for your music and then it would have been a long drawn out thing and I mean, I would have been like, it's my job. This is how I get money. But I feel yeah, like okay. Abby has been pretty supportive. Like, I mean, she had a few moments or whatever, but like, I feel like she'd be fine. And if it's just 48 hours, like have Nell watch the girls and have Abby come with. Yeah. Yeah. Makes right? sense. Makes it work. <laughs> I, mean, I don't understand. The conflict in this episode was just very confusing for me. Um, and so then you also have Trace and Abby going through his old stuff that uh, he got from his dad, right? Mm -hmm. I guess. Anyway, they're going through. And I had no idea. Has this been mentioned that he wanted to be a baseball player? What? No. Because, like, okay. yeah, that was strange. So, like, there's, like, these little league things. And, and then his dad says at a certain point, I really thought you were going to make it. I'm like, what? I didn't know this was an element of Trace. Right. That was also weird for his dad because his dad was always very hard on him and very like business minded, kind of like Mick. Yeah. And they were so at each other <laughs> in one and two. And then all of a sudden, you know, dad has a heart attack and they're all besties now talking about how son should have been, you know, some baseball famous player? baseball player. I don't know. It's very confusing. <laughs> and never forget that Trace's dad offered did the vile thing of offering to co-sign on a loan 
Let me give you a bunch of money. No. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> Terrible. How dare you. So yeah. Abby finds this letter that she had written, and I was a little confused about the timeline. So things were getting very serious between her and Wes mm-hmm. and her ex-husband. And this is when she was in New York. And I guess Trace had gone up to New York to like see her, but then he decided not to because she was like happy with Wes or whatever. So she had written this letter to him expressing her feelings to Trace. And then like a couple days later, Wes proposes and then they end up getting married. And she finds the letter and Trace had never opened it. Opened the letter. What did you think about this? That it was a boring (laughs) storyline. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just my dislike of no, I shouldn't say dislike. I do like Trabby. I do. But just that I think that they have too much manufactured drama. And the, it was a letter. I wrote in my notes in all caps, it's a letter. Yeah. And she's holding it. Like in every room, she's carrying it with her and looking at it and being upset over it. I'm like, it's a letter that you wrote like when you were super young. And who knows what it says, but get over it. And yeah. all it comes down to is one conversation you have. Hey, I found this letter. Did you know I sent it to you and I expressed all these feelings? And he would have been like, oh, I didn't want to open it because I was still hurt. Oh, cool. Well, let's move on. Great. What do you want for lunch? Which is what Trace does. <laughs> like Trace is, Trace is the sensical one in this episode. Which Abby. was amazing. And I loved it. I was like, <laughs> yes, burn it. Let's get over it. Like he's not sensical for not going on the gig. But as far as his interaction with Abby, he actually just is like, well, we just need to throw it away because it's not doing any good. Like what could possibly do any good about like opening and reading that letter? Yeah. I mean, I would have just read it. Yeah. Just me too. Me. I would have been like, oh, we're going to read what we wrote here. And then we're going to, we are going to decide what I'm going to do with this letter. Um, yeah. But back to the timeline, I think Trace actually flew up to New York and was going to talk to Abby, but then saw Abby and West and then decided not to, because she found out later that he went up to visit her, but then she never saw him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that was in the first season, right? That was in season when one. She's like, yeah, we well, why it. didn't you ever come after me? He's like, how did you know I didn't? And she's like, wait, what? Yeah, right. right. She okay. finds out that. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. That, so that, that but, was a fun one there. But so I, I, I agree with y'all. That um, storyline, the letter was really weird. The whole going through the high school, where my letterman jacket. I was like, please don't wear the letterman jacket. <laughs> please don't wear it. Um, and when she said I feel ridiculous I was like okay good they're not painting this like oh it's so brings back all these warm memories (laughs) and and just am am I the only one that thought that letterman jacket looked like ginormous like yes (laughs) I mean I I was like there's no way that was Jesse Metcalf's in high school no no way (laughs) But, but yeah it was just and she's supposed to be like everyone thinks like we'll talk about channeling abby but she's supposed to be like the calm collected one and like and yet they're presenting her as like being somebody who can't handle him going on a 48 hour gig and like freaking out about this letter like that's really i don't know it's just weird it was just such a weird episode i kind of wonder if that storyline so there was another little hidden nugget i noticed that trace said and he said it's time for us to let go of the past Uh and like 
this whole episode, which we'll talk about the other characters later, there's been a lot of hints of that, which I feel like it's building up and the writers are like throwing little hints at us, like yeah. something's about to happen. Let go of the past. Because Mick also says it to somebody. Um, well, and- I mean, that makes sense because both Barbara and Andrew Francis, <clears throat> Barbara Niven and Andrew Francis said in their interviews that they both mentioned that there would be conflict from the past kind of dread yeah. stuff. So mm-hmm. not very surprising, but I don't know, for this episode, it just kind of made people felt sort of nonsensical and it just, it was just strange. It was very strange, but I did love the scene <clears throat> with, uh, I really loved the scene where it's at the house and people are just kind of coming in and out and in and out. Nell needs a camera with megapixels. <laughs> Kevin's eating Abby's lunch and she's like and I think Bree's like don't you have a house like that all that whole scene I thought was really fun yeah I mean that's why I I like those the family yeah yeah agree I also like when Bree said to Kevin do you have a home because you know how we were all we were always like do they all live in the O'Brien house like are they grown and living at home and I thought that was funny (laughs) nod to the the writers again. I, I, I well, like, see the little, there are little Easter eggs everywhere this episode. <laughs> I liked when Kevin came and found the letter and then later he, she was like, I don't know what to do. He's like, I wish I'd never seen it. And I was like, I'm with you, Kevin. I'm with you. Yeah. And he's like, I wish I'd never seen you holding that letter because, oh my God, stop talking about it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Kevin and I are, yes, soulmates in this episode. Yes. Yeah. He was, he was somebody who was making sense at least. Uh, so, all right. So Jess, uh, do you think she's like overreacting to this whole, like in general, did you think she overreacted in this episode a lot, especially to the book thing? No, not so much. You don't think? I don't know. I think I'd be, I'm not sure yet because we keep getting little snippets of the book. We don't even know what the book really is. And Brie herself doesn't want to admit to anybody what the book really is. She keeps like walking around it. So it's like, are we going to get the big revelation eventually that she's like, yes, it's actually you or it's actually me or it's actually all of us put together. She's kind of hinting at that. But if I were Jess and I thought of somebody wrote about private stuff in me, I'd, I mean, I am a professional grudge holder and I'd be like, uh, you're dead to me. So I was probably, I'd probably be a little bit like Jess and I don't know if I, <laughs> I, I really like when she, the way they got around talking to each other <laughs> this episode, I thought that was funny, but um, I, I don't know. I, I might feel like Jess. I might yeah. interesting. be pretty upset for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it's interesting because I don't know, just the whole Connor drama, like it, the whole Connor's role in this episode was really strange. Like, it, I guess he doesn't have. It's, does he ever go into work anymore? Because he seemed to just like be there for everyone to like talk to, <laughs> right. or whatever. And he works uh, from home. Well, we'll just say he works from home. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. It just it was so funny because Mick's like, oh, he found he's finding his own place, and you expect this to be like some form of conflict, and he's like, Mick's like, good for him. It's great. It was time. <laughs> like okay and uh yeah and then connor with jess and uh and jess is like you're really terrible and he's like what and he's like i was sniffling <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <You're> like, what 
uh, can, was she giving like, <laughs> I mean, this is quite an expectation for a brother yeah. to have to understand sniffling signals, right? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. I thought you had allergies. And then he, but he does somehow recognize that, oh, are you channeling Abby? Like, I've never even, like, seen Abby as, like, this particularly, like, meditative, contemplative person. Like, this was really funny that he caught on to that, I think. Yeah. Channeling yeah. Abby. Yeah. Uh, Every time she did that, like, whole... <sighs> Yeah. I'm going to go into my inner, my inner Abby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny. It's really funny. So anyway, so Jess is just like freaking out and having all these problems. And then, so Brie, she is going to see her play and it's called Meditations from the Second Floor. So does mm-hmm. this play to you guys sound good or absolutely terrible? <laughs> what do you think, Lisa? terrible in the best way i love movies within movies where you try and figure out what the heck they're about and she's on that stage crushing that flower and i was like i need more of whatever this is because it looks awesome (laughs) (laughs) and what did you think casey of the play Uh, yeah i was like what the heck is this (laughs) what I'm so confused right now. <laughs> it did look like the class. It kind of reminded me of um, on How I Met Your Mother when they have uh, Lily is in a terrible play and they just and so Barney makes her go to his terrible play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just like says moist, moist, moist over and over again, which is like Lily's least favorite word. They kind of reminded me of that because they were like all in black and like, <laughs> like oh yeah. my gosh, and you see her and she's like crushing the rose <laughs> and evidently it's all according to simon it's a metaphor of how our past haunt our present that's another easter egg yeah more past <laughs> casey you're on to something yes for sure so she's talking brie is talking with kevin about the book and kevin tells her there you need to draw a line in the sand and not make the same mistake twice. So I'm so I guess Kevin thinks it was a mistake for her to write the book. Is that what he was saying? No, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think Kevin's very helpful when it comes to the book because again, I think we're just not getting enough of what the heck it's about. We keep dancing around it and I'm just, I'm so confused when it comes to the book. I'm like, whose side should I be on here? Because I don't really get what it's about. Right. Yeah. Is it about Brie or is it about Jess or is it just sort of, you know, and she says, well, you're supposed to write what you know. Which Kevin told her, wasn't it? That Kevin told her, write what you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now he's like, well, don't make the same mistake twice. But you told me to write what I know. (laughs) I followed your advice. But you're supposed to put a line in the sand? And I guess the line in the sand is not talking about the family. But he literally told her to talk about the family. It's very confusing. I don't know. Yeah what's going on here uh <laughs> but yeah this play i don't think it's gonna be a big hit at least uh no. but that lady who worked for the play the producer or whatever she was very excited about it yeah <laughs> she was super into it yeah 
Yeah. So, all right. This is when, and the, like, it was so convoluted. Like why on earth would Brie need a ride up to the play? Like, I assume she has a vehicle. But anyway, they had to have Kevin drop her off at the play so that he could be there to see Danielle coming out of the restaurant with this guy and they're chatting it up and then he she cheek kisses him and he's like very concerned about this and I mean knowing what knowing what I know about Hallmark movies I just assume this guy is her brother <laughs> we don't right know, right a relative it's gotta be yeah, yeah. Uh, cause that's just the way every, uh, just, you know, mistakenly eavesdropped or overheard conversation is usually some kind of relative. Right. Yeah. But, uh, and I didn't know that like Connor and Danielle were like official, right? right. You kind of uh, glazed over that. Yeah. Like I thought they were just like a fling. Like, hey, you're my study buddy that, you know, you're cute. You're cute. Hey, let's kiss. Okay. You're yeah. so cute. Let's go out on a couple dates. Like, I didn't think that they're officially, like, boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, I think we've only seen them go on one date, maybe? Last season? They ran into each other, and then she kissed him. Oh, she, they ran into each other at the little cafe, and she kissed him in front of... Um, his mom his mom yeah oh right okay yeah that's right and then before that when they're taking the bar or after or something like that they were kind of making out a little bit there (laughs) but like yeah I I had no idea that that was like girlfriend boyfriend situation and like under no I I feel like of course you would tell your sibling if you saw their whatever uh, relationship like cheek kissing another guy outside of you know whatever like right wouldn't you absolutely yes right and i would not expect my sibling to be like well how dare you interfere in my i'd be like okay well i'll ask about it thanks (laughs) i appreciate you looking out for me right yeah like you just say oh i'm sure there uh sure there was another reason thanks for giving me the heads up you know whatever like, I would expect Connor to do the same thing if he saw Sarah cheek kissing And he some would guy. be worse about it. He'd be like, dude, I totally saw her making out with somebody. He'd just yeah. not even, like, try and beat around the bush. He'd be yeah. like, you're, yeah, you're totally getting played. And, and yeah. Kevin forgets to say about the cheek kiss, which is the most damning part. If she was just, like, right. walking out of a restaurant, that could just be, like, a business meeting or whatever. Right. But you don't cheek kiss right. people at a business meeting. Right, right. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> also, what, um, Connor is like, you know, Nick or Dad, you should have told me everything. You should have been there for me. And then he's like, Yo, bro, no, I'm really mad that you told me about this and you're lying and blah 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 blah. I mean, I'm being a little, I'm exaggerating yeah. a little bit, but it's basically like, dude, either you want everybody to tell you everything or you don't want everybody to tell you anything yeah it's so weird too because they have this whole like dinner where they're all like swapping stories about like how how ridiculous they were as kids like playing tricks on each other and things and and danielle has no such story and it's like i i'm like i'm i'm confused as writers what they were trying to they're just trying to show that she's somehow like cold and aloof or something 
because she doesn't have like, <laughs> like what were they trying to do? And then she says, oh, I've just been so, so busy. And, and that's to Kevin is like, oh boy, she's a liar. She's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I just feel like you can, you have to eat dinner. So like you could be busy, very, very busy and still go to dinner. Right. Like the kiss is the main problem here, but I don't understand why that was like a big, like, whoa, red flags. Well, I think it's the fact that she said, so um, Kevin saw Danielle kiss the guy on the cheek, right? From our angle, like we couldn't tell, like, was it, it could have been romantic. It could have been a brotherly thing. But when she said that she didn't really have a relationship with her brother, she wouldn't be kissing her brother. Oh yeah, that's fair. It's fair. Deduction in Kevin's mind, he would probably think, okay, if she doesn't have a relationship with her brother, she wouldn't be kissing him. Therefore, this guy that I saw was not her brother. That's fair. That's good logic. (laughs) You called it. Also, like, what was Megan and Mick doing in allowing Connor's poor, poor mind to be warped? If that he went to kindergarten and thinking the alphabet was like completely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they weren't paying attention apparently <laughs> they needed like some serious intervention it's like went to the point where he was literally going to school thinking that p was after l you know you're like oh my gosh that was hilarious to me that so was- all right then we uh yeah we <laughs> this episode was kind of all over the place uh jess says that connor is a good listener but his advice is terrible and I was a little bit like, what? How was his advice terrible? I don't know. He gave her advice. And if he <laughs> did, what did he give her advice for? I don't know what she... I was confused. Like, I, I think he, she, he was just saying, like, calm down and, like, wait for David. I, I don't even know what his terrible advice was. But anyway, terrible advice. And, <laughs> I, and then uh, Abby uh it basically i thought it was a cute moment between abby and jess uh, oh yeah yeah that was cute and abby says yes. Maybe being strong is not actually who i am which was actually a kind of cute moment mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was cute <sighs> so then uh yeah that's when we had the so you want to talk about the land trust and and uh and thomas says so you need to sit down and clear the air with connor uh which is just so confusing and then we get introduced to thomas's wife i mean she had been in past episodes i guess right no i didn't even know he had a wife (laughs) to be honest with you which disappoints me because thomas what's his name in real life gregory harrison Mm -hmm. i think you're right yeah He's so a silver is, fox, and I this, like seeing him on my screen, and I was like, wait, you're married? No, this yeah. doesn't work for me. But this marriage is very confusing, and once again, mm. I do not think that Mick was so off track here. So basically what's <laughs> happened with this marriage is they like basically separated like 13 years ago, is that right? And she that, lived in Arizona? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. They are married for 30 years. Apparently, they... Mick and Megan had not seen her in 13 years. She works in, she lives in Arizona and works as a something, doctor something. A doctor, yeah. She'd gotten a clinical opener person. With, yeah, <laughs> clinical <laughs> doctors. 
15 doctors at the clinic. And so now they are decided that they're going to try to have a relationship again, which is like, what? <laughs> so they, they, they didn't get divorced after 13 years of literally the like never seen her ever in town. Like, it's not like it was like a, a marriage where, you know, like my grandparents, they lived on, they had a house and my grandpa had one side of the house and my grandma had the other side of the house and that, you know, and he was gone a lot, whatever. They made it work. Um, and it's not like it was something like that. This is literally 13 years. What? I think that is so weird. Like, right? That's so weird. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to think, I feel like we've seen her before and I'm trying to think if I've, I've just seen her in my mind in different Hallmark movies or if I've actually yeah. seen her in Chesapeake Shores. Well, Tara Rothery has been in tons of Hallmark movies. So that's oh. true. And she was in Cedar Cove. So I didn't oh. watch that. I'll have to, I, I really, I'm really curious to know if we've actually seen her on Chesapeake Shores. Yeah. I'm not sure if we have either. And, but I don't know. It's like, so he says, well, so you're renewing your vows but they're still planning on living apart, but they're like going to make it work. I don't, it, it was very confusing, very strange relationship. And uh, so uh, they're going to Bali. They're going to renew their vows. They and love each other. They love each other. But, <laughs> but like, again, if, if it was like, I don't know, they'd somehow reached a certain relationship, but this is literally somebody who has not seen Megan or, uh, or Mick in 13 years like so there's been no relationship at all but they well, guess technically are still married well Megan so Megan said she visited her oh that's right before so they've obviously kept their relationship which is interesting considering they're both at odds with their husbands who are brothers and they're besties this is so <laughs> it was so weird and so yeah, anyway, they're going to Bali and renewing their vows. And Mick is like, uh, what? What are you doing? What is going on here? And and then uh, Thomas gets super offended that he's like not supporting her. And uh, Robin has a whole conversation with Megan about like, why are you here? what's going on? Are you interested in Mick? Yeah, that's what we all want to know. <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I appreciated that somebody actually said to Megan, like, why did you come back? And because yeah. we never really had anybody say that. And, and it was what I asked Barbara Niven in our interview. I said, why did she come back? And, you know, she's, oh, it's just about the kids. It has nothing to do with Mick. Do you buy that? <laughs> I feel like they're trying to set us up for maybe, maybe even if they don't end up together, that will they or won't they? And I think um, I think it might be interesting. I I you know, especially after being apart for this long and kind of you know going through so many life changes, I think it might be interesting. But mm -hmm. I honestly, I, I remember listening to you guys like the preview episode, and you guys were kind of hoping kind of laying out what you guys thought or wanted for the characters this season and I remember thinking um one of the things that I thought would be interesting it would be if Megan found a relationship before Mick because I think that Mick is used to getting a lot of 
what he wants, like just making it happen and always getting the results that he wants. And I think it would be interesting if he saw her on the island with another dude trying to make a relationship. I think yeah. that might pull in an, an extra interesting dynamic. And so I'm wondering how they're setting, they're setting this up for some sort of will they or won't they, but to what end uh-huh. and how deep is that yeah. going to go? That's what I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that Megan intended to go back because of Mick. I really do think she went back because of the kids. Uh-huh. Right. Um, I also think that she and Mick, they obviously had a decent relationship because when she came back or he called her and told her, Nell is sick, come back. Um, so they obviously had a good working relationship for lack of better words. So I, I think, um, I don't, I really don't think that she came back for him. I can't tell if her feelings are being rekindled because she's there. I don't think they're, they're fully there, but I don't know if she's thinking like what could have been had she stayed or what could have been mm-hmm. had he not been such a workaholic or if she's seeing him in a different light because now he, you know, they have grandchildren and apparently grandkids change everything. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was very interesting. And I feel like they're setting us up for a giant bomb drop or something like why Megan really yeah. left. I think that's definitely coming. And I think that's going to be the big conflict. Yeah, I think so too. Cause I don't see this conflict between Thomas and Mick going here. At the end, they were like drinking beers together, hanging out on the boat. So yeah, I think that's basically <laughs> like, I'm mad at you. All right. We're cool now. I'm mad at you again. Like, All right. What Mick, up? Mick should be a life coach. Like, he seems to help to solve major conflicts. Just being like, yeah, hey, it's all good. <laughs> right. Um, and I just looked up Ter- Terry. Terrell. Terrell. Yeah. So according to our bestie, Ruth Hill, shout out to Ruth. Um, <laughs> when she did her interview, this was her first season. Okay. On Just Speak Short. So we had not seen her. Before. Okay. Okay. I'm like, I don't remember them ever bringing up a wife with Thomas, but maybe I just didn't pay attention that well. And I just rewatched the series in anticipation of <laughs> season three. And I'm like, did I totally miss that? But okay. yeah, not possible. So I did love the scene with Brie, Jess, and Connor when Jess goes up to Connor and says, I need to talk to you about boys. That was so funny. (laughs) And I loved the way that it was sort of, no, it was, no, it was Brie who said that. Brie says, I need to talk to you about boys. And, uh, (laughs) and I loved the way they framed it because you had Jess in the uh, foreground and you saw her response. And then in the background, uh, it was very well it was very clever how they had a shot. You had yeah. them having their conversation. And so I thought that Lacey did a really good job as an actress, like making her responses really fun. And I, I don't know, I really enjoyed that whole scene. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I did too. It was my favorite of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And basically like they're all talking and Connor's giving like all this advice or whatever. And Jess says, look, you need to just, accidentally text him and say it was for someone else and then apologize when he texts you back because this is all advice about simon when he texts you back text him again as if you're super excited to hear from him and then turn off your phone and wait one hour and see what happens <laughs> that's too much work 
like, like, whoa. Do you think this was good advice, Lisa? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know if the advice, because I'm too old to play those games anymore. I would yeah. just be like, listen. <laughs> but I, the, the way she just turned around was just like so irritating. She's like, listen, text it. And just the way she spelled it all out and she turns back around. I don't know. I just cracked me up. And I don't, funny. personally, I couldn't wait an hour. I'd just stare at my phone and be like, text me back. Text me back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is quite the solution to this problem. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, and that's when we get to see Trace's dad back and there's the whole scene with the collecting cards and he says, oh, I really thought you were going to make it. And I'm like, what? Um, <clears throat> uh, that was weird. And I'm not sure what that's the point of that scene was, but anyway, and then, uh, yeah. And then we get the scenes with what was up with Nell with the cutout of the mayor? What was going on there? I was a little confused. I don't know, but I want that cutout. Yeah. I'm like, when y'all are done with it, could you send it to me? Because I, yeah, that'd be fun. So, because they were trying to earn funds for the fountain, right? Yeah. I don't get how they're making money, side note. They keep showing dollars and then they give over coins. So are they just giving dollars and getting four quarters? How does that make money? <laughs> no. Well, it's like, I, I thought, are people, at first I thought, are people paying to have their picture taken with the cutout? Yeah, I don't get it. And I, like, who would do that? <laughs> I, and then I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe they're just trying to shame the mayor. Because she says this whole thing about uh, about politic, politicians need to follow the will of the people. So that made me think, oh, well, they're just trying to shame the mayor, make him look stupid, so that he agrees to save the fountain, right? Uh, I don't know. I thought they. I, she said something like to get the attention or something yeah. like that. If to me, it seemed very Stars Hollowish. sitting down there trying to get people's quarters to save this fountain that's very special to Nell for whatever reason (laughs) (laughs) and like if Trace is as famous as they made him seem in the last episode then like him manning the booth like that should get tons of money right oh yeah yeah so, that was confusing or he can do a benefit concert yeah they <laughs> fountain benefit concert yeah how much does it take to save a fountain like what, what do we think ballpark because from what i see they have like several properties all around chesapeake shores and an airplane a private airplane and now a giant yacht and everybody can run their own businesses and i'm like how much does it cost yeah. to save a fountain Could I, yeah, we- I i don't know I don't know. Like that could be worked out in the land trust somehow. I, I, I don't understand. I'm very confused by this episode. But anyway, but that was just hilarious. I was like, I don't understand this cutout. But yeah, I guess they were trying to like shame the mayor. And this is totally random, but so we got Simon totally back in this episode. But is it just me or does Simon look like a taller version of Connor? Yes. <laughs> right. Okay, good. when he walked in and connor goes trio i was like why do they look alike (laughs) okay good good man i'm never gonna unsee that now (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm gonna watch the show and be like, oh, there it is, English Connor. Bye. Right. Okay, good. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who sees that. <laughs> so okay, so like, I I still it baffles me how Brie can be mad at Simon. Like I I put on Twitter. I'm I said. Like she's mad at him for literally getting her book published, and I put it in caps. And the the actor who plays Simon, he responded. He was like, "I know, right?" I'm like, yes. <laughs> "What?" And so, and and like Bree is super judgy about Simon, and basically like he wants her. She doesn't respect his series, young adult books that he's done, which whatever. And so he's like, he's going to be writing Dublin's Last Sunset, which the only way that that's a good book is if it's about Dylan O'Malley. (laughs) (laughs) The last time he was on a yacht and he gave it to Mick and I don't know. Yeah. And somehow he, his soul morphed into the fountain. The Last Sunset is him and Nell. (laughs) Their last goodbye. Like that would be a great book. Right. But I bet that that Brie wouldn't respect that book. She that maybe that would be the line in the sand that comes like I don't know. <laughs> but you know, and he just says, Thanks to you, I will be broke, homeless, but artistically satisfied. And I don't know, is Brie a snob? A little bit. Yeah, mm. much. <laughs> right? Okay, good. We yeah. all agree. Comes in and says that she wants to do a purging ceremony where she sets all of like I guess David's stuff on fire so that was interesting that was weird that was really weird I'm like I said this episode was very strange to me um I'm, I'm like secret pyromaniac <laughs> right here I mean I guess they do spend a lot of time by that fire so that's true I don't know that that was just weird because what I can understand that if you woke up I can understand that if you hate his guts but she's literally pining over David. And it has literally been two days. Yeah. It's not like it's been two weeks or a month. Right. It's been two days. Like, this is like lifetime movie territory we're having into here. Like, her behavior. Like, two days. Right. She gets a letter FedEx to her from him. Yeah. And she's like, oh my god, he was out of service. And I'm like, so he didn't have a way to get a phone, but he knew how to get a FedEx dude to get you a letter? I don't understand what yeah. is happening here. Like, <laughs> it made no sense. Like, like I he doesn't know he, how to call collect. Was he trying right, to be, like, like, romantic or something? Like, to send I, I mean, I honestly, when she got it, I thought, oh, he's going to, it's going to say turn around and he's going to be right there. I was, like, waiting for him to, like, right. pop out of the doorway. Yeah. She just like yelps and scares all of her customers and takes off. And I'm like, so now no one's at the B&B. And yeah. who knows what those people are going to do while they're having dinner or brunch or whatever it is. And she just takes off and starts yelling at people that they're going to wherever he is. And I'm just like, wait a minute. I have questions. How did he, if he didn't have access to a phone, how did he have access to send a FedEx letter? It's whatever. so weird. Like, I don't understand like that behavior at all. Like, I mean, we're past the need of, like, sending letters in our society. Like, I get it if it's some kind of romantic gesture, but, like, when she's, like, sir needs a lot, like, you text her back. Like, what? 
I don't know. It's very weird. Right. Or when you she get back to a phone. Yeah. What's that? I, I was going to say, she took a cab. She took a cab she from did. the B&B <laughs> to the bookstore. And I was under the impression that Chesapeake Shores is very walkable. Because nobody right, they had have that little go-kart thing. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, 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 they have a little golf cart. Maybe Kevin is the only one that has a vehicle. <laughs> like, <laughs> he needs to take free everywhere, and she needs a cab. I don't know what's going on. Very confusing. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Trace burns the letter. He sings. Uh, there's, did you like Trace's song at all, or not, not so much? I liked it fine. It was. I, I like his songs. I like Trace's singing personally. Yeah. I would. I would buy his. I would go to his concert. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like me too. Me too. <laughs> but yeah, Connor gets his own apartment, which is long overdue, and he calls Danielle, and I, I feel like we were supposed to pick up something from because she's just like too busy or something, mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't really understand the point of that scene either. So he's now, is he starting to see what Kevin said, or is he more convinced that Danielle's on his side? I know, I think he's doubt her. Yeah. He started doubting her. Okay. That's what I thought, but it was confusing. So I don't know. That conflict is weird. Um, And uh, yeah, and so Jess gets the letter, super excited, jumping up and down like a crazy person. And... (laughs) and so then the other thing that drove me crazy is that not only did she get this letter but she forces a near kiss between simon and brie because they are just about to kiss and she is like screaming and that near kiss looked almost like painful like it was so like (laughs) what and amy and i did or did a whole episode uh yesterday on our favorite hallmark kisses because i'm so tired of the near kiss and this <laughs> this was a very dramatic one and what's so funny to me about the near kiss is that like once the interruption is done they never like go back to kissing ever oh, right no right it's just like, like all the moments gone right <laughs> <laughs> like i don't i probably would still kiss yeah. The person that I was like, planning on kissing 10 seconds ago. Have you ever actually, I'm like, have, is, have anybody that's written these scenes ever actually kissed somebody? Because you're pretty into the moment and you're just like, oh, a car just beat by. Uh, yeah, I'm back. Hello. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, and it was just such a like, oh, I'm like, calm down. Just kiss already. I don't know. It was hilarious to me. But, uh, and then, so Jess wants Brie to go to Maine with her, even though she hates Brie, but she's just like, well, uh, I need you for this. And Brie's oh, not funny. invited. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, let's go there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure that David's super excited about having Brie along for the ride. Like, what? <laughs> Oh, the girl that kind of had a crush on me and kind of made us break up and did all that, but then really kind of stopped liking me. Yeah, let's invite her to our big reunion. That's that awesome. Very strange. And yeah, and so then your final scene is uh, Thomas and Mick drinking beer on the boat. 
and uh, they're and they're made up. So I don't know. This episode was just really strange to me. Like I just don't understand what the writers are thinking. Maybe it will all make sense in the next episode, and you know, yeah. then we'll see sort of where things are going. But it just felt like a lot of conflict that could have been conflict was resolved in weird ways, and the new conflict was set up that was strange conflict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like I don't get what's going on. You nailed it. All the conflict that could have been juicy was resolved with like a, a statement and all the stuff that they pursued could have been handled with a simple conversation. Like they tied up the juicy conflict with it was. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. We will see what happens next week, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. So we will see, but anyway, thanks so much for coming on and talking about this interesting episode. Uh, I guess we, uh, the way we were, I guess, is another hint of, like, talking about dredging past, past. Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, we'll see, so we'll see what happens, but anyway, it was a weird one. Uh, so, <laughs> so Lisa, where can people find you? I right. am on Twitter and, uh, Instagram at Girls on Hallmark. Great. And, uh, Casey? I'm on Twitter, and you can find me at Hallmark My Words. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So make sure to check that out and make sure you're following us on the podcast at uh, Hallmark's Pod on Instagram and Twitter and all of our social media. And make sure you put in your reviews for the podcast on iTunes because it helps people find us more quickly. And uh, yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed uh, our interview with Andrew Francis that posted this week. Super fun. And uh, that was really a delight for me to do. And then we had, like I said, our podcast with me and Amy talking about the best Hallmark kisses. And uh, on Friday, we have a special bonus where I got to sit down and talk with Jill Wagner uh, about her upcoming movie, which was super exciting. So that's a lot of fun. And so it's just a very exciting week for us here on the, the podcast. And uh, yeah. So let us know what you think about this episode and, um, and put in the comment section or uh, on Twitter, let us know. And thanks so much you guys for coming and talking about this episode. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye guys.